It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the money. That's what I said. You always follow yeah. This is Follow Money with Mitch Moss and Clay Howard on VSEN. Welcome in. It is Follow the Money. This show is brought to you by DraftKings. Paulie is out sick today. Jonathan Von Tobel in with me, Mitch Moss Live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino, kicking off this hour talking some National Football League as uh, Daniel Jeremiah does a great job with the NFL Network. And I think he's one of the uh, more respected guys out there who does the big board, like his top 50 players at this point of the year, the mock drafts. People really like what he's done over the years as well. And we'll get into some of the players in the rankings in his top 50 here, JVT, because you and I can't wait for more NFL draft props to come out this year. But to go back last season, just as a refresher, now, again, the players from the draft a year ago, they were all rookies, clearly. It's only a one-year sample size. But to run down some of the examples that Daniel Jeremiah had on his big board last year, he did have Bryce Young ranked as the number one overall player in the draft. He had C.J. Stroud seventh overall. Other players who play skilled positions, who either were drafted way below this or ahead of this, were his number ranks, he had Dalton Kincaid ninth overall. Bills traded up in front of yep. Dallas to take him last year in the first round. Will Levis, he had 12th overall. He should be the full-time starter moving forward for Tennessee this year to find out more about him. He had Gibbs for the Lions 29th. And people will tell you that the Lions taking any team taking a running back that high is not a right move. But Gibbs, you know, appeared to be awesome in his rookie yep. season. They also took Sam Laporta, 44th overall. Or I'm sorry, that's where he had Sam Laporta ranked 44th. Yes. And he had the most receptions ever for a tight end in his rookie season. So this year, his rankings at this point for his big board, he does have, surprise, surprise, he has Caleb Williams number one overall. Although you were telling me off the air that you recently had a guest on your show, VEASAN Primetime, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. out here Pacific Time, that had somebody else ranked as a number one overall quarterback? Yeah, J.J. McCarthy was his number one overall quarterback. Oh, sure. It's something I really disagree with. And we do this all the time around this time of year, which is – you, you get a lot of folks who are going to try to make the case of like, hey, watch out. Like the guy who's clearly been the number one prospect this entire time actually isn't because I've watched him a little bit more. I'm just, I don't buy it, man. We have done this a thousand times over. Mm-hmm. And because we have so much time to try to overanalyze this and you want to get people to read articles and whatnot, you get all these think pieces of like, you know, actually, Caleb Williams, uh, we don't really, I don't know if he's going to be really that good. Because remember, he had one, you know, average season in which he was still one of the top graded quarterbacks in the country uh, for USC. So, and he, the, the, he was hardly the only one. I've seen it a ton. Caleb Williams is going to be the first overall pick. He's the best prospect. Stop doing this. We, we do it every year. Well, and then, like, if you want to compare Jaden Daniels side-by-side to Caleb Williams, you're going to tell me that Jaden Daniels is suddenly this great pro prospect. Why? Because he had a great senior season last right. year. And then Caleb Williams is not as high as you had because he fell off a little bit from his Heisman winning season yep. where he was clearly the best quarterback in college football. That isn't, there's not you, a lot of logic to that. You've had an elite that. season and a well above average season. And for some reason, it's like, nope, not good enough. He's he's the rightful minus 1,000 favorite to go number one, and I think you make a case that it could probably be higher than that in terms of the odds. Unless okay. he gets abducted by aliens, and it could happen. So, Daniel Jeremiah. Now, again, this is not 
a mock draft that he did. It's his best players in the draft, right? His big right. board. He has Marvin Harrison, number two overall. He does have Roma Dunze from Washington, number three overall. And in his analysis, he said that he can play outside or in the slot. He is refined and polished in everything he does on the field. Well, that's pretty high praise for a guy I've seen as low as still number nine going to the Bears in the first round and behind other wide receivers like Malik Neighbors. And Neighbors, it depends on the team, right? Neighbors, by the way, he has him number four, the wide receiver from LSU. And Malik Neighbors could go ahead of Odunze. Well, and that's the show. And that's what stuck out to me when I was looking at this. First non-quarterback selected: Marvin Harrison Jr. minus six fifty, Malik Neighbors plus seven fifty, and then down, 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 down. Roma Odunze fifty to one. Fifty to one. Yeah. And again, like hey, this is first non-quarterback taken, so the odds are maybe a lot longer. But like Roma Odunze and the market at least believes that there is quite a gap between Odunze and where he's evaluated and potentially going, as opposed to Marvin Harrison Jr. and Malik Neighbors, the two wide receivers at the top of that market. Well, here's a prop that I want to see. Then I want to see odds on the second receiver taken in the draft or a head-to-head, a head-to-head yeah. matchup. Yeah, yeah, you can do Malik, that as well. Malik Neighbors versus uh, Roma Odunze. Yep, I like Odunze a lot, man. So do I. He's very good. Yes. He will make, I mean, if he goes to the right team, that kid, I think, is going to have an impact immediately. DJ from NFL Network has Drake May, his fifth best prospect in the draft. And he does have Jaden Daniels, number six. He also has Brock uh, Bowers, number seven. Now, I think Bowers is going to be a polarizing figure in this draft because he is so good. And overall, as a tight end prospect, he's one of the best we've ever seen come out of college football. But I think that's going to boil down to, again, JBT, like teams and how they assess draft capital and equity in, into that position, right? Mm-hmm. We saw it a couple of years ago with Kyle Pitts going to Atlanta. He went extremely high. He was top five. And with their coaching regime they had at the time and with him, they had no idea how to use the guy. It's like he was a total afterthought. Yeah. So if, if Bowers goes to the right team, I think he can also have, like Odunze, an immediate impact here. I made the case last week that I would love to see Brock Bowers drop a little bit because teams are gun-shy to take a tight end high. And I'd love to see the Chiefs trade up to like number 10, 11, 12, and say, okay, Kelsey's going to be 35. We have our next Travis Kelsey. We're going to draft this guy. Sure. I was kind of hoping, uh, I, th- I think I've read a mock or two that has Indianapolis grabbing him, giving give him Anthony Richardson, right? Yeah. And give him something there. I think that would be pretty good. But, you know, some of these teams, too, where you're looking at potentially just adding around a potential either young quarterback or new quarterback to give him a good target, I think that would be a really good spot to put him. Here's also something, because this prop will be up. We'll get to the quarterbacks in a minute here. But I can't wait to see the number of wide receivers taken in the first round. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah has 11 wide receivers ranked in his top 50 players in the draft. 11 of his top 50. So I mentioned three of them already. He also has Brian Thomas, LSU, 16th overall. And then in terms of guys that would be a second-round pick based on his numbers, every other wide receiver is 33rd or below. But, I mean, teams could want somebody like a Keon Coleman in the first round. They might like Tony Franklin more than other teams and more than a guy like Daniel Jeremiah. He has him 37th overall. Um, there are some, some studs at that position that play. And I just, what's that number going to be for wide receivers to go in the first round? If they make it at three and a half, uh, check that. If they make it at four and a half, I probably got to go over. Yeah. And I wonder too, like you wonder which position kind of loses out because of it, because of the volume of certain other positions, like wide receiver, offensive line seems insanely deep this year. And you could have a ton of guys going in the first round, both uh, tackles and interior linemen. Uh-huh. Uh, he's got quite a few ranked in his top 50 as well. So like that's going to be pretty fascinating is if we get these glut of wide receivers and offensive linemen to go in this first round, then what position is going to lose out here? Is it going to be edge rusher? Uh, is it going to be quarterback potentially? Is it going to, what position is going to fall out? Because I do think you're going to get a high volume both offensive linemen and wide receivers going in this first round, just judging by the way the community rates some of these guys and how good they can be. Sure. And then you look at the remaining quarterbacks in his top 50. Again, Caleb's number one overall, Drake fifth overall, Daniel sixth out of all players, not just quarterbacks. He has Bo Nix as the 26th best player on his big board right now. I don't think Bo Nix is going to go in the first round. I don't think so either. But I think this is a more realistic number than some who have said Bo Nix is absolutely going to be a first-round pick. Like, I just I don't see that happening. Um, 26th overall ahead of J.J. McCarthy, who he ranks 27th overall. Now, that to me sounds more realistic compared to what we've heard about this guy. I mean, the nonsense from Jim Harbaugh, I get it. He's his former coach, but others 
like the person you talked to saying that he's his number one quarterback prospect, others who have said he's an absolute lock to go in the first round. And then when you look at where teams are drafting this year in the first round, you have three teams sitting at 11, 12, and 13. Who knows what's going to happen at at that position here in the offseason for the Vikings, the Broncos, and the Raiders. Probably all going to need a quarterback, right? Mm -hmm. I've seen J.J. McCarthy now mocked going like top 12 in several drafts. If I made a draft position prop on J.J. McCarthy right now that said 12 and a half over under. Over. No hesitation. I, like, here's the thing. As you mentioned, like, if he is this prospect that we all, like, the, that we are being told that he is now all of a sudden, then why isn't the sample size larger when we're talking about actually giving him something uh, to do, right, as a passer uh, when it comes to passing attempts? It, the other thing that really kind of bothers you, for me at least, is the fact that when you evaluate, like, everything else when it comes to this draft, like, there's more important positions. And remember for some of these teams, too, you'd assume that some of these free agents slash trade candidates are going to be filling those slots. Mm-hmm. You still have uh, you still have Kirk Cousins out there. Justin Fields is going to land somewhere. Russell Wilson is going to land somewhere. Any one of those teams that you just mentioned could land any one of those guys. Denver outside, you know, not going to land Russell Wilson. But you understand what I'm saying. Is like that, that's that point of filling that in with a free agent quarterback because you believe you have a roster that could actually um, be competitive this season. So I don't think you're going to go and reach on a rookie potentially to fill that spot. And I, I feel like we've just – when you're doing this thing, and I, I'll give credit to Thomas Dimitrov who works over at Super Sports and uh, him and Eric Eager do a good job. I was listening to their show like last week, and it was a great point. I think Dimitrov brought it up. It's like, you know, anytime when part of the evaluation you get, hey, you know, in high school his record was this. And it's like I'm, like, I'm tired of the winning stuff. Let's talk about actual football. And a lot of people have brought up like, well, you know, if you eliminate screens, he actually has more attempts downfield. It's not about the attempts downfield. It's that the workload was light in a heavily schemed offense. And there's not, I don't think, at least, a lot of room there for him to be like a dominant signal caller with a large workload. And I don't think that's going to be a pick that is worth top 15, top 10, like we're being told he's going to be. So if that prop, quarterbacks to go into first round is four and a half, you're, that's another one under. you're going to play under. Okay, so we have odds right here at DraftKings to go first, second, and third overall. Caleb, of course, minus 1,000, as you brought up. Runaway freight train at this point. Number two overall, Drake May is minus 140. Daniels plus 120 if Washington keeps that pick and they don't trade up to number one overall. And then the third pick is the one I find the most intriguing, the Patriots. Daniels is plus 140. May is plus 150. Marvin Harrison is plus 225. Are we sure they're going to go quarterback at number three? I, I don't think they are, but here's the thing. What would you make the odds on if the Patriots making that pick? Because I think if you're New England, it makes more sense to trade back. I would say the same exact thing. Right. You're, they're not in a position to get a quarterback right now. Build up the roster first. Justin Fields was given nothing his rookie year. They stripped it down to the studs. They drafted him, and it was a nightmare for him. Yeah. Yep. Up next, tonight's college basketball card. We'll compare some of the analytical guys to the opening numbers to see where we can find a bet on Follow the Money. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market. 
as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. College basketball, the NBA, Major League Baseball. It's that time of year, folks. So put the VEASAN experts to work for you. Start betting smarter with the VEASAN Pro Sub. If you sign up for an annual subscription today, you know what? I've decided I'm going to give you, me, I've made this decision. I'm going to give you the first year 10% off. $199 instead of the typical $240. Use promo code FTM. You get pro access to everything we do. Daily best bets leaderboard. Betting splits from DraftKings. Betting systems. Premium analysis. Articles every single day in every single sport. And our upcoming March Madness betting guide. Again, promo code FTM for follow the money. Get your first year of Visa Pro Access. $199. Sign up today. Visa.com slash subscribe. It's a busy card tonight in college basketball. We'll compare some... Uh analytical guys and uh, we'll use Greg Peterson's numbers here as well Hoops Peterson does a great job with college basketball throughout the entire season of the sport and you can get his daily numbers by the way at vcin.com when you click on sports and college basketball it's right there so since he plays at Houston tonight that Houston Baylor game was a tale of two halves man over the weekend right got up to that huge lead the Cougs did on the road against Baylor and they let it slip away. And if the kid for Baylor hits the free, free throw at throw. the end, they ended up winning the game. Instead, it goes to overtime where you never, ever want a dog, right? Yep. And Houston covers the game outright. Baylor, by the way, nice job with a bounce back last night. Yes. Against TCU on the road. Ken Palm made this number Houston 14 and 130. Hoops Peterson here, the network, made Houston 12 and 130. DraftKings has it 13 and a half. And 132.5. Any opinion on this game tonight? I mean, Houston is obviously extremely good, and they have been absolutely fantastic. And they went into Baylor and covered the number. They haven't been the best cover team, though, that you're looking at here. Uh, they begin by the hair of their chinny chin chin with some of these numbers. And overall, you know, float around 54% for the season uh, in conference play. Uh, they have been. Just a just under a loser, six six and two against the number, depending on what you look at for closing numbers. Like they're really good, but I've likened them to like a Boston Celtics where they're extremely good, Mitch, but they're power rated to the moon. Yeah. And so you're not really getting that much value when betting them on a night to night basis. And you figure, I mean, you're back at home and it's Cincinnati, and I think Cincinnati is a team that I do have some respect for, top fifty team by Ken Palm metrics, even though the results haven't really been there, but they're very competitive. I think I would lean towards Cincinnati staying inside of this number just because we are at this point with Houston that they're so highly rated that you're not getting much value in betting them every single night. I don't disagree with that. Um, Houston also, they have the capability of taking some of these teams out in the first half, though, too. Like we saw oh, against yeah. Baylor, right? Where it's a total mismatch. And then, you know, Baylor's really good. I'm not going to say Houston let their guard down, but Baylor's good enough to get back into those games, and they allowed that to happen. Um, I don't know, man. I'm not going to let down two. What would be a letdown about this? I mean, that's it, what I wonder. Is it a letdown? I, and, and this is also and to 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 play devil's advocate against my own point. 
Cincinnati is one of the worst offenses in the Big 12. Like, they're 12th in terms of uh, offensive rating adjusted over 100 possessions. So, like, they're going to be very poor. It's going to be pretty hard to score with efficiency here against Houston. So you're kind of just hoping that you as a team either hold them down, which can happen. Like, they're, they're overly reliant on Cryer and Shed to generate offense. And if those guys yeah. aren't shooting pretty well, then you can get some of these cold stretches that we kind of saw against Baylor. Baylor's not a really good defensive team, but they, they at least did enough in that second half to stymie them. So I think you're kind of banking on that. But if part of the process is, yeah, I'm banking on this team to have a cold night, like it's not really the best process in no, the world it's if not. that's what you're doing. For the record, Houston, they averaged 36 points in the first half per game, yep. and they are the best team in the country defensively. They allow 24.4 points per first half. They're really, really good at just setting the tone early and mm-hmm. establishing what's going to happen in the game and mauling those teams. I, I've been off this Houston team just assuming – and this is a bad job by me that it's kind of the same typical team that uh, Kelvin Sampson has had there over the years. And I know they, they had a, you know, a couple of years ago, they had a Final Four run before they lost to Baylor. I thought this was going to be the same exact team going in where they just kind of maybe flop a little bit early in the tournament. I don't know. I'm, I'm really starting to come around on this team. Yeah. It took me way too long to do it. because Now I don't want to bet them plus 750 to win the whole thing, but maybe they are this year's team that can win the whole thing i mean if you've got a, if you've got a guard like jamal shed who's going to lead you at the point of attack like it's he's absolutely brilliant he's, and yeah and he can give you he, he's one of those players that it could i don't know if it's going to be kemba walker-esque but that can carry you with about like an average of like 19 to 20 points through the course of a six game like winning streak uh, and in right and while playing really good defense at the point of attack like i i would very much not be surprised if this team made a run all right kentucky plays at miss state Ken Palm has Miss State 2 in a total of 156. Hoops Peterson here at the network made Miss State 3 in 153. They're back up to a four-point favorite, total of 156.5. Do we get to see maybe a little bit? I know Kentucky's offense was so good on Saturday that the defense really didn't matter. And after the first 10 minutes, I thought the defense got a lot better in that first half anyway. But this number is going to be higher because of the way Kentucky plays. Do we get more of a defensive minor game tonight here i mean you hit on something that i thought was kind of lost in that game against alabama you can say it was a blowout you still gave up 95 points of regulation you still had a defensive rating of just about what are we talking here 120 which is not very good if you're talking about defense giving up 1.2 points per possession so if you're not going to come in and average nearly a point and a half per possession and your defense maintains its below average play then I think you're kind of in a tough spot, especially given the situation. Coming off of the win, going on the road, uh, taking on Mississippi State, top 30 team in the country, one of the best defensive teams in the country that could probably do uh, at least something in terms of containing an offense that is pretty good. I like I kind of I understand where the market's going here, and I think I'd rather be on the side of Mississippi State, but in terms of line value, I don't really think you're getting that much. But again, it's the balance of is the situation worth paying a tax that you're clearly that you're buying in on on the market right now. I'm not involved in this game at all. No. I would have bet Miss State like if they were one. Right. And uh, to me, this would be in play uh, or nothing in the game because I don't want to lay the four, but also it's not enough for me to really get involved on Kentucky yet. Yep. Like that's, that's, my, that's my biggest – games like this are my biggest issue with college basketball. It's like you know what you're looking at. You know exactly what you're doing. You're getting charged a few extra points because yeah. of the situation that Mississippi State's in. But the results in these situations have been so profitable that you almost have to have to ignore the basic thing, the basic concept of line value and understanding that you're being charged too much. Well, I'll tell you, uh, one game that I had circled tonight because Ken Palm made it four, and I was really hoping to be on that number. And then also, you know, kind of giving Ken Palm's numbers the, the middle finger is not the best idea either. Right. But he made Kansas a four-point favorite against BYU. I would have bet Kansas if, if that number actually existed. It does not. DraftKings opened up seven. That's the number as we speak. Total of uh, 153.5. There are some six and a halves out there as well. Um, I still would not take BYU. If you think this is inflated going by the Ken Palm numbers, I would only look at Kansas here. I'm not going to lay, but this might be, hopefully Kansas will fall behind early. Like, let's say it's like 10-2. They get a commercial break, catch a little bit of a better number, then I'd get involved on the Jayhawks. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, Kansas has been a pretty overvalued team this year, man. Like they, I know. They're, they're not covering numbers. They're but winning at, games. At home, though, against good teams? Yeah. 
I mean, but my problem, like, so like over the weekend, you, you go out there and you, you dog walk Texas, right? You know, right. 86 to 67. I thought that's more about Texas. Like, I'm not a big Texas fan at this point right now. We've seen the inconsistencies from the Longhorns for a very long time uh, since we've gotten into conference play. And especially over the last, like, what, month and a half, it's been like win-loss, win-loss. There, there's no consistency, rhyme or reason to what you're doing yep. in Texas. Um, and I think you're capable of winning those games. And for this matchup, like, I have more faith that BYU, you're going to get that consistent effort. Uh, you're talking about one of the better teams in the country offensively that's going to be able to, I think, score with some consistency, potentially stay inside of this number. Uh, in Big 12 play, they have been a lot worse defensively, so maybe that makes the difference. But Kansas has just been so, like, so overrated all this season in terms of their power rating, and the results haven't been there. 12-13-1 against the spread for the year, 7-6-1 against the spread at home. It's just a team that, is, that the, the market has a little bit too much respect for, and I think, I think I'd rather be on the side of BYU here. I'll ask you this, because there was a sports book, a national sports book, and one here in Las Vegas, that this is after the win against Texas. So it's eh, Saturday night or Sunday morning. I'm looking around for futures. They were offering Kansas at 30-1. to Would you have any interest in the Jayhawks at that number? Probably I mean, on the two line. Yeah, I, I mean, I I feel like I would because I, I do have faith that they're a well coached team, and, and like in some of these early matchups, you I, I think I trust that they're going to be well prepared and ready to go. But I just I don't know, man. There's just something about their inconsistencies as a team. They can't generate second chance points. They're not really good on the offensive glass. One of the worst teams in the uh, Big Twelve doing it. One of the worst teams in the country doing it. You got to be at least a good, tenacious rebounding team at some point to really get that done. It's been part of their problems, and I don't know if that's going to be something that's worth it. See, I'm with you. I don't think they're great by any stretch of the imagination. But if the right number would pop up, 30 yeah. wasn't enough for me. But it caught my attention. Are we talking like 40, 50? I mean, at some point, if it's, it right. starts to drift out to that range, then I'm going to be like, oh, I, I'm probably going to take a Get little bit of it anyway. Game, huh? Yeah, that'd be a big one for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, again, as a reminder here, Steve Mackinnon had this in the VEASAN newsletter. Get it, VEASAN.com slash subscribe this week. Power conference teams looking to avenge an earlier season loss and playing as home favorites of six points or more in the last two weeks of the regular season are 60 and 9 straight up, 49 and 28 ATS. Iowa lost at Penn State by 10 back on February 8th. They opened up 7 last night against Penn State. They are now 9 9 and a half in this game this morning. Money line parlay, Iowa? Let's do it. I was actually looking too. one of the uh want to get the exact number here, but we can have more on it later. I think the wheels are falling off Utah State playing 11 and a half I think on the road. Okay. Here against Fresno State. Go, baby. Up next, more NFL. Patrick Finley covers the Bears for the Chicago Sun-Times. He'll join the show. We'll ask him to put a percentage on the Bears trading the number one overall pick next year on VEASAN. Start your morning with a daily dose of winning strategies, insider tips, and the latest buzz with the free VEASAN daily newsletter along with the coffee. Today's newsletter, Bill... Describes a, uh, a late-night Uber ride and ties it into best bets for tennis. How about that? Wow. What a writer. Great what tease. an author. Uh, check it out now. Again, you can get it at slash newsletter. Expert analysis right in your inbox every single morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. NFL here. Patrick Finley, kind enough to wake up with us early here on a Tuesday morning. He joins the program. He covers the Chicago Bears in the NFL for the Chicago Sun-Times. Patrick, thanks for the time today. How are you? I'm doing okay. How about you? Uh, doing really well. So we are approximately a little bit shy here. So, uh, but approximately two months away from the NFL draft taking place this year. Of course, the team that you cover the most, the Bears, owning that number one overall pick. As we are now two months removed, if you had to put a percentage on this team trading that number one overall pick before the draft, what percentage would you put on that? I don't know, 25, 30, maybe something like that. I, I think that Caleb Williams uh, drafting him would put the Bears in a really nice position. Uh, and with Justin Fields, you know, if you don't know after three years whether he's the guy, it makes me wonder whether you've got your answer right there. Is he the guy or not? You know, if you don't know, uh, that's probably the answer. Yeah, I got to be honest. I thought you were going to come on and say maybe 5%, but you, you throw out 25 and 30. Wow. This is yeah. right. This is you're telling me there, there's a chance dumb and dumber territory better than that, actually. <laughs> well, let's do this. And, and I, I'm not trying to draw a direct comparison between the two, but when Ryan Polk sits there in January and says that, you know, the most important thing he's got to do is find out what makes everybody tick off the field. Uh, remember, at this time last year, the number one overall pick, Jalen Carter, uh, was supposed to be the number one overall pick. Yeah. And uh, then, then a lot of stuff popped up, some serious bad stuff, and I'm not saying there's anything like that around the corner for, Jay, for Caleb Williams. 
But I think Ryan Poles is well aware that things change. You need to do your research. And that's, you know, that is carrying that extra 20% in my mind more than anything else. I, I do think it's overwhelmingly likely that they end up drafting Caleb. For okay. okay. But that's a very good tidbit to file away for sure. Let, let's say that right, there's an offer out there that's just too good to refuse. Like, How far are they willing to drop down in the first round, in your opinion? Boy, that's a good question because, you know, if they, uh, it, you know, I can't imagine they'd want to go past number three mm-hmm. if they had any uh, plans of drafting a quarterback. But, man, you look at Marvin Harrison, you know, maybe that enables you to creep down to four. You know, I don't see them going as far down if they were to trade it as they did last year. Uh, you know, now seems to be the time where they need to go out and get stars who are going to be on their team for the next five, six, seven years. I'm not sure how many of those exist beyond, you know, five. I I will tell you this, the way it's shaping up right now, the Bears have the first pick and the number nine pick. There's going to be a lot of stuff at number nine that can help them. They need a pass rusher. They need a left tackle and they need a wide receiver. And it looks to me like if there's a run on quarterbacks, it's say four go in the top eight that uh, they're going to have options at all of those positions. And that's a really nice position to be in. And in any other year, in Chicago, we'd be talking about what a great setup that is. And that is almost an afterthought now because they have the number one pick. Patrick, at this point, if we run with the thought that Caleb Williams goes to the Chicago Bears, what's the market look like for Justin Fields? What do they expect to get back? And how many teams are interested, do you believe? You know, it, it's weird when, when, you, when you talk to people about this, eventually someone will say, no, 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 sit down and look at all the teams. And, and there are fewer than you think. You know, I, I think the market is Atlanta. I think the market includes Pittsburgh, whether they kind of want to admit it or not, uh, you know, it's maybe Seattle, maybe Denver. I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty short list. And part of that is that Justin Fields has got this fifth year option deadline coming up on May 2nd. And he's going to make something like 25 point whatever million dollars uh, in 2025. If you want to sign him up for that, that's not a great deal. If you're not convinced that Justin Fields, you know, if you don't know about Justin Fields, uh, that's a hard number to commit to at, at this point. I think in a perfect world, the Bears would get either a two or a three. Um, you know, you could get creative and try and move around with your number nine overall pick somehow in, in, in a trade with Justin. I mean, I have mocked this a couple of times, and I think it's a pipe dream. But, boy, what would happen if you went to the Patriots, uh, who are sitting at number three, and if you went to them and said, we'll give you fields and we'll give you nine? Uh, what else would you have to add to that to move up to number three? That would be really interesting. To me, because then, you know, then oh. maybe you're getting to Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison. And boy, that'd be a draft, wouldn't it? Holy uh, smokes. I think, again, yeah, again, like I said, I think that's a pipe dream. I, I don't think that that's, uh, that that's too incredibly realistic. But, you know, right now, you know, you know, you, you want to say a late two or an early three. But the fact is, you know, if you don't have a quarterback and if you think Justin Fields is your answer at quarterback, the odds are you're drafting pretty high in the second round. <laughs> and yeah. I, it makes you wonder. You know, and the value of that does go up. You know, I'll tell you this, guys. The Bears don't have a second-round pick, and they don't have it because they traded one to the commanders for Montez Sweat. Uh, they would certainly love to get back in the draft, you know, somewhere between number nine and the third round because uh, right now that's a pretty big hole uh, in, in their pick selection. Let's follow the money here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, Patrick Finley, he covers the Chicago Bears for the Sun-Times in that great city, so then, okay, let's say they bail on the number one overall pick. I, I, I love this stuff, by the way. I love draft, talk, chatter, the whole thing, Patrick. So if they do trade down and they're not going to take Caleb Williams number one overall, they come back a couple of spots. Do you know at this point, do they prefer Drake May or Jaden Daniels? I, th- I think Jaden Daniels, uh, the, that's, that's, the, um, that's the intel I've got right now. And, you know, we'll see. This, <laughs> this combine is getting weirder and weirder. Every year, because now, you know, I don't believe that Caleb's going to throw this week. I don't believe that Jaden's going to throw this week. Uh, not that those drills meant a whole heck of a lot, but, uh, you know, it really does make this week more about, you know, measuring guys and having conversations with them than it does uh, watching them compete really in anything. Uh, you know, I, I think their order would be Daniels and then May. Uh, you know, if you want to fantasize about them going really far down, we can talk about, you know, Bo Nick and Michael Penix and those guys. But boy, that would, if I were a Bears fan, I'd have a really hard time, uh, even with a ton of draft picks coming back, I'd have a really hard time if the Bears, you know, turned Justin Fields into Bo Nix. I'm cringing listening to that idea. Well, yeah, that would be a hard sell, even if you wound up with uh, five first round picks in the next three years. 
So I'm curious, uh, again, rolling with the premise, if it's a quarterback at one, is it a foregone conclusion they would use nine on a wide receiver? Is there any other position? Is it offensive line? Or are they going to add to this wide receiving core? I think in order, it, it would be receiver, left tackle, or edge rusher. Uh, they need somebody to put opposite Montez Sweat. Those guys don't grow on trees. Uh, they really need a number two receiver. You saw Darnell Mooney this season just wasn't wasn't what they needed. Uh, you know, he's had uh, two really inconsistent seasons. I think he's going to walk in free agency here, and you need to replace him with somebody who's dangerous because DJ Moore is in his prime, and, and you need to take advantage of that. Uh, you know, what is it? Musin Muhammad once said that wide or that Chicago is where wide receivers go to die. Uh, he, he wasn't completely wrong. I mean, you know, you take this, you know, I've been covering, covering this team for 11 years. You know, we had Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey, uh, and they were both pretty good uh, 10 years ago. And that's about it. So, uh, you know, <laughs> drafting, drafting, uh, drafting and developing a receiver uh, would be, would be a really important thing for them. We all remember Kevin White and yeah. how that didn't oh. happen. Uh, you know, when you look at offensive line, the question you have to ask is whether Braxton Jones is the answer at left tackle or whether he'd just be a really nice swing, swing tackle. He started uh, in uh, each of his first two seasons here, and he's okay. Um, you know, you wonder whether they'd upgrade there if they could. So I think it would go receiver O-line, uh, edge rusher. Uh, you know, we talked to Shane Waldron, the new Bears offensive coordinator, a couple days ago, and he, you know, he wouldn't get into the quarterback thing. Uh, believe it or not, guys, he would not. He did not say the word Justin or Caleb at any point during the press conference. Oh, good for him. Say the word, uh, yeah, um, despite being asked about them pretty regularly. Um, but he kept talking about what a unique position it is for the Bears to be drafting first and ninth. And you have to sit there as an offensive mind and, uh, and think that he's sitting there going, oh, you know, you know I may end up with two new toys. Uh, one at one and one at nine. Yeah. Patrick, we have like 90 seconds left here. So it sounds like we're aligned here in, with the same thought process. And that is like a perfect scenario if they keep the number one overall pick would be Caleb Williams at number one and then come back and take Roma Dunze if he's available at number nine. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I, I, I think uh, a Dunze could be uh, the kind of weapon that's just different enough from DJ Moore to give the Bears some uh, variety on offense. I think he's a really good player. Anybody who watched uh, that run with the Huskies. Uh, you know, to me, that probably would be the dream scenario if you're not going to move around. Uh, secondary to that, you know, I look at Joe Alt at Notre Dame if you're going to go with left tackle. Mm -hmm. uh, he seems like a safe bet. You know, you look at what the last what, last five, six years, how many Notre Dame left tackles have been developed and what they turned into in the NFL. That is a pipeline I would want to tap into if I were the Bears. So, yeah, I mean, Adunze and Caleb Williams, if you were doing that in your mock draft right now, I think the Bears would have a pretty big smile on their face. Yep, totally agree. You can follow Patrick on X. He's at Patrick Finley. Read him in the Chicago Sun-Times. Hey, Patrick, that was an awesome spot. Thanks so much for the time today. We appreciate that. Hey, thank you. Great nugget, by the way, as well. That needs more consideration. Mm. So a team's going to give up a second or a third-round pick for Justin Fields. He's going to play one year there, and they have to make up their, their minds like already. Like, it, next year, yeah, we're going to $25 million. Yeah. So they, they can't go they can't go on anything based on what's going to happen this next upcoming year. Yeah, I've heard I've heard Scott of a, the, the Bears getting a first. I'm like, no, no, that's not no. that's not in the cards at all. Not going to happen. I thought third conditional second was probably like the best they would get. So if you're going to give up that much, you have to tell yourselves we're going to give him 25 million dollars next year yep. to play. And then he might flame out, and then you don't know what's going to happen. Door one or door two next. We have a good one here comparing Caleb Williams and Victor Wembanyama. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can deposit 5 bucks and get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. If your first bet loses, download the app and use the promo code VSIN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. It's time to play everyone's favorite follow-the-money game. Live from the VSIN studios. Hey, guys. You ready to let the dogs out? This is door number one. New high score! What does high score mean? New high score, is that bad? What's that mean? Did I break it? Or door number two. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Here's Mitch Moss and Polly Howard. Jonathan Von Trouble filling in for the under the weather. Polly Howard, door one, door two here. I make the rules, JVT. Then you see if you can break them or you abide by them. I don't know what that means, but I throw it out there anyway. Door number one, you get the one seeds this year in, in March Madness. And right now, that would be UConn, Purdue, Houston, Arizona. Or door number two, you get the field. Who are you taking? Give me the field, baby. Come on, door number two. You're telling me that I'm going to get the likes of Auburn, Tennessee, Alabama, Iowa State. Love the Cyclones. Absolutely tremendous. Best backcourt defensively outside of Houston in the country. You're gonna, I can go down the list. You're going to give me Illinois? You're going to give me Marquette? Baylor in that offense? Give me the field instead of these losers. Come on. Do you have any futures on said teams? Iowa State is the only one. I have a very thin portfolio. I'm looking to add. I wanted to add North Carolina. When they beat Duke the first time, I was like, ooh. I went and checked on them. I'm like, what are they? And then, of course, we saw, like, ah, that before, though, they lost to Georgia Tech, and then they kind of stumbled afterwards. Yeah. I haven't bought it, but I got Iowa State. Let's go. I'm in. So you sounded a little sarcastic there with your love for Iowa State, but clearly it's no, not if you have a no, future no, on them. Yeah, no, I, I like Iowa State a ton. The fact that you can force turnovers, the guard play is very good. Growth of guys like Keyshawn Gilbert. TJ Altsberg is a pretty good coach. You get size coming off the bench. You got a 6'10 guy that you, you know, you need to play big. You put him out there. No, I like Iowa State a lot. You know, I did this one year with you the, told me to come strong. So was, with the former mayor of Las Vegas, Mayor yeah. Goodman. In fact, it was 10 years ago now, uh, come to think of it. It's never happened before. And I said, uh, look, I mean, there were some really good four and five seeds that year. And the, the, like the ones and twos were maybe a little questionable. And I said, okay, Mayor, um, you can have the four seeds and beyond. I get the first three seeds for the entire tournament, right? What do you want? He goes, give me the four seeds and through 16. I'm like, You're, it's even, we had an even money bet. Oh, wow. And that, that was when UConn is like a seven play Kentucky and eight seed in the <laughs> national title game. I just had to, when Kentucky beat Wisconsin on a buzzer beater yep. to go to the final four, because Wisconsin was, I just hung my head and I had to walk over to the plaza because his restaurant's there. And I'm like, I text him, I'm like, you around? I got your stinking money, pal. Yep. 
Come on. What a year. That's just bad luck for you. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, door one, Caleb Williams, the number one overall pick, minus 1,000, or Victor Wembenyama wins rookie of the year, minus 750 at DraftKings. Ooh. It's one or the other. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've got Holmgren at 5-1 to one to win rookie of the year, so give me Caleb Williams, number one overall pick, minus 1,000. I don't buy this. He's the best prospect we've seen in forever. As you have talked about, a lot of smarter people than me, right? Go back last year, would have been the first pick. Year before, would have been the first pick. you got to go all the way back to potentially the Andrew Luck draft, where he wouldn't be the first overall selection by a lot of different people who are a lot smarter than me when it comes to evaluating players. Stop overthinking this. Caleb Williams, number one overall pick. Door number one. So you're telling me Chet still has a chance? I do. I believe Chet still has a chance. The advanced metrics paint a much better picture for Chet Holmgren. And he's a... Huh. I don't think that's going to matter. And he's in, he's a contributor on a team that could win the one seed. That's big. Yes. Uh, I do think, is there a slight chance that the Spurs could say at some point, we're not playing Victor anymore this year? I don't think there is. And the problem is, to your point, the, the, the with problem the, with for the me. smallest of injuries, would that happen? Oh, I mean, we saw it. Remember when the uh, Dallas Mavericks staffer, remember that regular season game where the staffer was standing under the basketball or oh, under right. the hoop that, oh, and then he, wow. like, he, he stepped on his foot and yes, kind of twisted it. Yes. Like, he's done. He's not playing tonight. Like, like, so they're playing with kid gloves. But I think the way that he's played, it looks pretty good here. But I, I like, you're a contributor on the number one seed. Chet Holmgren, his stats are also very, very good. The problem, though, to your point is, I think it was Zach Lowe I was listening to the other day, and he said something along the lines of, Victor Wembanyama has been my pick for to win Rookie of the Year since the beginning of the season. Yeah, sure. And it's like you got a lot of people, and I don't think actually Lowe has a vote, and I think he's smart enough to look at stats still anyway, but you're going to have a lot of people like that right. who are just like, he, they picked him before the, the season started, and they're going to go with him either way. It's going to take a, a, like a minor miracle for them to get off that track. Right. Right. Okay, door number one. Shea Gilgis Alexander wins the NBA MVP at plus 250, or door number two, Austin Matthews wins the Hart Trophy plus 230. Well, considering that my depth of knowledge on Austin Matthews and the rest of the field to win the Hart Trophy is very scant, I will go with Shea Gilgis Alexander win NBA MVP at plus 250. I also, dude, he's he's so freaking good. And Nikola Jokic is doing very well, obviously. His numbers are incredible. Dude, Shea is a two-way dynamo, man. He's awesome defensively. He's incredible. I think he still easily can steal. Yes, he does. He's, he's a good on-ball defender, and he's doing this with an insane usage rate on offense, having to generate nearly nearly everything for this team yeah. on the offensive end of the floor. Okay, so Jokic has been lighting the world on fire since yes. the All-Star break, right? Every game is like 28, 17, and 14. It's, will, will voters not look at that anymore if he averages a triple-double and they say, well, we did this once already with Russell Westbrook, now not that big of a deal, and OKC's the one seed, Shea's averaging all these, you know, he's just right. awesome. And every game's the same thing for Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Yep. What you see is what you get night in and night out, and that would that would OKC winning the one seed be enough for him to win the award? I think that would be the differentiator, like the right, the, the one that makes the difference, which is, all right, these two guys, their numbers are incredible. Uh, Jokic has the triple doubles on insane efficiency. This dude leads the league at 30 point games on insane efficiency while playing great defense. So then how do you like what's the difference? And it would be Shea Gilgis Alexander on a young team carrying that to, carrying that squad to a two or a one seed. All right, we're really going to take a walk uh, on the wild side here Former a little bit. If you're uncomfortable with NHL. All right. Uh, door number one, John Rahm to win a major this year, plus 275. Or door number two, the Red Sox make the playoffs, plus 260. Ooh. Jimmy, I'd rather have John Rahm. He only gets four shots at it. I know, but the Red Sox making the playoffs, that division's insane. The, the American League's really, really freaking good in terms of the depth to it, uh-huh. outside of just the AL East. And I don't know what really the Red Sox are, are doing overall. Don't really love the pitching staff. Yeah, give me John Rom. You want Rom plus two fifty? Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll take it. Mm. I, well, my graphic here says plus two seventy five. Yeah, plus two. I'm sorry. Yeah, plus two seventy five. Yeah, don't don't try to short me on that. Um, you can take the Red Sox, huh? Make I would say. Well, six teams make it in the American League. Dude, six. I mean, I think you're getting what? You can get what? Three potentially out of the AL East. Yeah, that's possible. And then then we two out of the West, yep. one out of the Central. Yep. Call it a day. Now, are they good enough to be that third team in the AL East? Is what it cracks down to, right? I mean, I, a lot of people are anticipating this letdown and a really big drop-off from the Orioles. Why? I, I don't see that happening. I, dude, they I could think be, the Orioles are awesome. If if second half, if post um, right to send down to AAA, um, Grayson Rodriguez shows up, right? And then the rookie kid they got coming, like, if the, all these things hit and, like, they're on the right path, they're young. They're, I don't understand that at all. And then the Blue Jays, I mean, like, I made the case yesterday. Dude, if the Blue Jays, you tell me today that they add, like, Jordan Montgomery, 
give you a guy that's going to give you 150, 160 in terms of innings and just consistent pitching at the top with Gosman. Like, that team with that bullpen is going to be incredible. With a very good bullpen? Yep. Uh, I bet Vlad to have most home runs. I found him at 30-1. to 1. Down with it. So I think and but he's feeling great talking about it. Also, um, by the way, you got the best manager in baseball in that division, too, with the Tampa Bay Rays. And we haven't brought him up yet. So I saw that spot you guys did with v very own Adam Burke yesterday. He Did, did I hear that incorrectly? Yes. No, I, right. I was over. Honest. I think oh, it was for sure. For sure, it was to win the division. Was yeah, going to be yes. a bet. Yeah, and, and, and over win total, total over. Yep. He likes him that much again this year. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're cockroaches, man. And <laughs> I love them. <laughs> they, right. Drop a nuke on them. They're still going to be scampering around. That's doing right. Everything. The cash is awesome, and you and you do have guys in this in this rotation that there's a chance that they hit. And all of a sudden, you're looking at like I don't really love their lineup. There's like not like a ton of power, but you got a guy who gets the most out of his roster almost every single. Every, no, not almost every single year. He does. You know what? He talked me into John Rom. You did. There we go. It's going to be too difficult, I think, for the Red Sox. Okay. Door number one, Conor McGregor will fight in the UFC this year, minus 130. Or door number two, Arizona gets that final one seed. Ooh. Same price, minus 130. Wow. Will Conor McGregor stop taking steroids, minus 130? Um. That's essentially what the uh, bet is, yeah. <laughs> I'll go, yeah. He's got a lavish lifestyle. Give me door number one. At some point. You want Conor? Gonna, yeah, at some point, he's going to have to be like Floyd. Like, just stop it for a few months, get back in the pool, get a money fight, and then get back out. Fight Michael Chandler. Make it, and let's go. If the number's right, yeah, and he's not an underwhelming, like, just the, the dog is... I mean, I'll bet against Connor in whatever that, fight he sets up. I was going to say, like, you're going to bet against it pretty much no yeah, matter what if the number's yeah. right. Let's do it. Yeah. Just clean it up for a couple of months. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing he snuck that one <laughs> in there. His neck looks natural. All right, it's follow the money. There you go. Door one or door number two on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss along with Jonathan Von Tobel, who's in for Paulie Howard. Paulie, a little bit under the weather uh, this week. So, Jonathan Von Tobel is also VSIN's very own NBA oh. senior betting analyst, right? You love that title. Yes. Big, big fan of it. Looks great on your business cards. Uh, as long as you're in today, man, you love this sport. You. Like live, breathe, sleep, whatever the cliche is, that sport. I think we have to run down like some futures in the NBA. Yeah. Anything that you like, title wise, conference wise, awards wise, that sticks out right now as we have like what, 23 games left in the regular season? We'll do that coming up next year on VSIN. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— with new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.